0: All right, welcome everybody to another episode of The Money Mitch Effect. My name is Mitch Michaels. Time for another episode of this sports podcast where we have a lot to talk about. Some good, some bad, some stuff that made me want to cry. Joe Crisali joining the show again from the Pacific Northwest. Joe, thanks for coming on. We're going to have our therapy session about what we do, what went wrong in the hockey world the last couple weeks, but thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sounds good, man. I mean, I'm still wiping my tears off after... Rangers getting bounced after being up two zero. Yeah, but I feel still got the cracking up here, so we're chilling, I guess.
0: Yeah, two zero on uh, after winning the first two on the road is a tough one, and I know, I know Ranger fans aren't going to want to hear this, and you know that the you know they they made all the moves to go all in and win now, and you lose in the first round to a Devils team that did have home ice, but the fact that and and getting into the bigger picture of Gallant losing his job and now being in the head coaching market, but there just weren't any adjustments made in that series. Like, the Rangers started off great, the Devils pushed back, and the Rangers didn't really change anything up. That would, from my perspective, the most frustrating thing of what the Rangers just kind of rolled over, in Game 7 especially.
1: The The main thing, like you said, was not making the adjustments. I mean, they made the adjustments, but it was too late. And the players that got switched up on the lines, like, everything was kind of messed up off the bat because they were really trying to force Panarin with Tarasenko and the Devils are ready for that. And they had Kane on the first power play and he, I'm just waiting for them to come out with whatever injury he had because he was not playing well. He even got dropped to the third line in that mm-hmm. game seven. And he was on that second power play. Like he was leaving a lot of dump passes that there was no one there and they just weren't really in sync. And when you don't make those adjustments soon, soon enough, That's what you get. You get guys that don't play on lines together that often, and they can't really anticipate uh, where they're going to be or what they're going to do. And the other thing was Panarin didn't score that whole series. Mm. And Tarasenko was missing Nets. Zibanejad, he – I don't even know. I mean, he had that one power play goal, but he slapped it off of Chris Kreider's leg. Like, he was missing the net by – wide margins that entire yeah. series, and they weren't really uh, rolling out plays. A lot, of, a lot of the series, they were just playing on their heels. Um, that game three, I think it was game three, where it started out, and they just couldn't get the puck out of their defensive zone for to save their lives. And They didn't have a fourth line. I mean, whenever the fourth line was on the ice, it was just like, oh, my God. I mean, I don't even remember how many fourth-line well, goals the Devils had, but yeah. they – that crucial game, uh, at the game five, when it was 2-2, they give up that fourth-line goal in the first period, and you're just like, oh, my God, the, the last thing we needed there was to give that up to go down one zip to start this game out on the road. It just They just didn't come through, and it's super upsetting. It's just Thurkin was solid, but he was definitely getting rattled a little bit, getting in on some of those scuffles, pushing some guys, super and you don't usually blocked, see yeah. that out of a goalie. <laughs> Yeah. shooting the puck, well, doing a lot of things where I, he he you, wasn't staying in his
0: lane. You bring up a good point in the sense of depth is what ultimately cost you guys this series. And for all the trades you make, and that's why hockey is such a beautiful sport, is it's not about the name and it's not about the, the skill level or the perceived reputation. It literally is about can you bring it in a, in a given year, in a given game, on any shift. And the Devils wore you guys down. It was really it – was, it was interesting to see. It was also kind of sad to see for the Rangers that – Brought in all these high qu- high profile acquisitions, but they just didn't seem to have enough fight. And then Game Seven, were just pu- literally pushed around. I thought the Devils, you know, did a good job with their style of play and they're just full bore. We're gonna we're gonna get to them in a little bit. But the fact that is against the Rangers, they were flying around the ice. And in Game Seven, it didn't seem like the team could keep up. But I get the, just, that I was get the whole theory, distra- man. Yeah. The whole series, they were
1: just getting outdated by the Devils. They just didn't have the speed. They they just couldn't keep up with them. And they weren't playing their game. When the Rangers, a lot of their offensive prowess comes from when Adam Fox can pinch in, when he can kind of set things up and pass the puck and shoot. And him having to play back on his heels and Mm -hmm. not being able to dive into that offensive zone as much as he likes, that kind of screwed them because they run a lot of their offense through Him moving the puck around into their wingers, but like you said, they just got outskated pretty much that entire series. They couldn't keep up. They're older, and they weren't getting any help from the Trochek, the Trubas. Mm. Uh, Mott didn't really do much. Gaudreau had a
0: goal in that game six, but yeah, they really Truba made his presence fell at the end of the game. (laughs) But that's about it. But it was when it was over. Yeah, And, and and look, I I don't think the Rangers like they have the talent. They don't need much. This coaching move is going to be interesting because Gallant's a good coach. He just, it I seems like Gallant. Like, I don't know like, why. They, well, this they happens felt the need. like this is happened. This is not just a Rangers thing. Like this is three jobs where by year three he didn't even get to year three in this case. But it seems like the message falls on deaf ears, which is not different to like Daryl Sutter, who's out of a job again, and good coaches that just it seems like for whatever reason they run their players ragged. But my point being is that whoever this next coach is, like this is a big hire because you could obviously go a lot worse than Gerard Gallant. Like there, there's that possibility, but they don't really need much, and they don't really have much roster flexibility, so I'm just intrigued to how, how that goes and how the Rangers go forward in 2023-24.
1: They just need to work on the depth, mm. which is hard because when you got guys like Taco and the who, I mean, let's say it, they're not first overall, second overall pick status like we're about to come into here with Bedard, but I mean, when those dudes are third and fourth liners and you're taking them that high in the draft, you're kind of hoping that they can do something, anything that they can provide literally anything to the game. But when Lafreniere is averaging 11 minutes of ice time, Kako 12, like they're not trusted parts of this lineup, parts of this team. Mm -hmm. And if you try to trade them, you're not going to get much back for them. And then obviously you trade them, somewhere else and maybe they turn in something which would hurt even more but it's just hard to not have that depth and they tried to to get some depth making that trade with the blues at least on defense getting Nikola with Tarasenko but when you're depending on kind of throw in pieces to contribute for you in key situations in the playoffs it's not a recipe for success and it just sucks like Starting the year out, Jimmy Vesey was on the top line, top two lines. And now he could barely hold his own in the fourth line, getting 10 minutes of ice time. So they just have some work to do in the depth department. And like you said, they kind of got out out tough, out skated. Truba made his presence felt there at the end, but I mean, it was too little, too late. They just weren't doing what they needed to do.
0: Well, we're going to get into the second round here and what's happening after I just vent about how much of a sham the draft lottery was. Uh, night, <laughs> because I'm still upset about it and that you know I can't believe Chicago got through that drought of two months without having a generational talent but here we are the Blackhawks get Connor Bedard and uh look I mean, uh, I'll be they honest lose <laughs> yeah I'll, lose I just can't immediately immediately get
1: Bedard right after that it's like come on man
0: if it was Anaheim if it was if it was San Jose, if it was the Coyotes, I wouldn't be as upset. That part and the fact that we went to commercial break just being just shown the door. I don't know. The broadcast itself was like, and hey, we're going to come back. By the way, Columbus is picking third. All right. See you guys in 30. <laughs>
1: I would have, I mean, Bedard and Zagros would have been sick, but like everyone, everyone that's not a Blackhawks fan, and I'd love to hear Adam Musto's take on this, <laughs> but. Everyone that's not a Blackhawks fan is watching this and just like, oh my God, like anyone else. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like if somehow the Oilers miraculously got the first pick, everyone would have been like, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Two Connors, whatever. Here, here's the other two thing. Con- and I, I know that Chicago's got a great playoff atmosphere, but my counter would be it's, yeah, is it that hard to be a great fan of a team that's just littered with Hall of Famers everywhere? You know, try rooting for like Fedor Tooten and Brandon Dubinsky. Yeah, you know, so that, that, That'd that be what I would say. And also, like, you know, season tickets or are, are sales are going off and it's great. All these. Okay. Yeah. Well, why are they even available to begin with? <laughs> you know, what happened to all the people yeah, fans, that had season
1: tickets?
0: Yeah. Well, what? But,
1: I mean, you think, you, I mean, look at how bad the Blackhawks were. I mean, they, they do have a decent young team. They got some good young players on that roster. You throw Bedard in there, who knows? But is he going to. They they away.
0: don't have the building blocks that they had in the past. So that is a fair point. And look, Bedard's disgusting, like underage success from 15 on in the WHL, which is not easy to do at all. But he is undersized. And I I mean, I, I expect him to be great. Like, I'm not saying that he won't be. But we know with what's happening right now with Edmonton, and like one player, even two players, doesn't guarantee much. And the building blocks aren't there the cupboard is kind of bare for Chicago. I mean, even the return on Patrick Kane wasn't much, as you know. So yeah. I think there is a long road here. And, you know, I just wish the long road was in Columbus and not Chicago where they've just been so spoiled.
1: I mean, we're definitely going to be seeing some Bedard highlights coming through this year, but
0: it's... Not, not you me, know, I'm going to turn, it off.
1: Like <laughs> minus, gonna turn it, it off. If he doesn't finish like minus 20, then then we're, we're talking. Yeah. But, like, yeah, there's not much. there's not much to love about this blackhawks no. lineup right now i mean to be fair they finished with what 50 59 points this year yeah. i think would you guys the blue jackets probably around the same so yeah you know it sucks that he's going to be wearing that uni but what can you do like you, you just gotta accept it like not like you can call the office and be like hey i'm a blue Jackets fan and this is BS." yeah please do something about this can we at least get i want to like, tp a
0: house. that's what i want to do
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. You know they were having some calls about this. They were like, "Hey, in order to expand the game and get everyone more excited, what we need to do is make sure that Bedard goes to Chicago,
0: because yeah. if he goes to Columbus, no one's going to know about it. Or him. Anaheim, or Arizona, put him in a. But I think drink. if you went,
1: if you went to Anaheim, that would have been even more beneficial because Zagros is like that black boy, you know, that everyone loves because he does all the tricks and he's well, kind of he, fun. He, he is he
0: says he, some stupid He sh- does, much. but he's not on the level of he is not on the level of even Troy Terry on his own team. Like Terry's been playing at an all-star level. So
1: I, I yeah, get what but you're, when you're we, saying. It'd be when you fun. talk about like when you talk about like faces and how the NHL is trying to grow the game and make it more fun and bring more things into it. Yeah. You throw like a Bedard on the same team as somebody like that. Yeah. then you have the fun trickster with the actual top talent player yeah. to go along if if the i if the ducks got bedard they they probably could have been pretty good coming up this next this next year and by pretty good i mean they were the worst team in the league last year so they're looking at the same they're looking at the same yeah. problem
0: but yeah this is I don't all know, dude. Yeah, this is all just sad. So I'm gonna to try to focus on the current playoffs, take my mind off of it. We still we still have four series at the time of this recording going on in the second round, but you know, not for much longer. Um the Florida Panthers, man, are they the last team in. They beat the greatest regular season team of all time in Boston, the game seven overtime, and they're one game away from sweeping the Leafs. And nothing, Joe, seems fluky about this. Like the Panthers seem like they're built to go all the way. They've, got, they've turned it on. Well, they've got Matthew Kachuk. They've got you know an MVP-level type player this year. They've got depth across all lines, all defense. And they've got playoff Bobrovsky back. I thought that guy was dead, and he's back playing at his all-star Bezna level. <laughs>
1: yeah, he was not great to start this year out. But, you know, it's the playoffs. When you're hot, you're hot. The team turned it on. They turned it on. And the guys that, you know, weren't necessarily there for them year-long, they're kind of turning out now. Like Reinhardt's having a great had a, having a great uh playoff so far. Um, you know, like you said, Kachuk coming around. But how about Toronto, dude? Like that first round everyone's like every all the Maple Leafs fans are like, oh, finally, we can we can relax <laughs> a little bit. And it's like, hey, you know that there's like a couple more series you gotta and win if you wanna and, go. And
0: they're all gonna get fired. Like I thought all the jobs were safe and now they're gonna get swept out. Or, you know, I, I think it has to they've gotta find a way to at least win like two games. Or if not, we're gonna have the same talk we were going to have after the first round. I think the coach and GM are going to be gone. And, you know, I, I, I actually put this more on the GM than the coach the more I watch this team play. They were lucky to beat Tampa. You know, Samsonov gets hurt in this series. The backup will plays pretty, pretty solid. But look, they don't have the depth to contend and they don't have the flexibility. Like, how could you even restructure this? Like get rid of Austin Matthews. I mean, without the amount of money they paid their top players, they have no depth. They don't win any puck battles. They're just not yeah. built. I I actually feel. I mean, Keefe isn't a perfect coach, but it's like, what would you do with this roster to win? I just don't think they're built for it.
1: Yeah, I will say though, I, looking at who's left in the bracket to go outside of like the crafting are obviously exciting, but yeah. you're just like really we're looking at Florida, Carolina right now. Well, yeah, in the and, conference final, yeah, that's Carolina.
0: Florida, Carolina, Seattle, Vegas. The, that's like, that's what Batman deserves for putting a putting an original six team, giving him Connor Bedard. He gets the four on the market. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you get. And they're not all they're not all set in stone. I, I think Carolina. I mean, if you want to switch to that, like yesterday's game was really the the epitome of if you take a couple shifts off, it could be a disaster. Because if you that's judge true. if you judge that game on a sixty minute you know time how long it was. The Devils were right there, if not better, than Carolina for about 55 minutes. <laughs> they lost 6-1. to one. That, that's, that's hockey. I mean, three of the,
1: the three wins for Carolina are 5-1 and 2-6-1 games. Like,
0: I, but they, over, scored all, they scored all those goals in a couple-minute stretch. If anything, I'd feel worse if I was the Devils. Carolina did not play their best game. I don't even think they played close to their best level, but they had that. They didn't, they never quit. Rod the bod Brendan Moore has a team full of grinders and tough dudes that overcome, that overcome the overcame the worst injury luck of any team in the playoffs, hands down. And they're still yeah. coming at you. And the devil's just, look, this is the learning curve. I thought would actually happen in the Rangers series. The devils have a long window with, with Jack Hughes stepping into his role and we'll see if Timo Meyer comes back and, the brat situation, but the Devils are built for long-term success. But this is a, you know, hey young boys, welcome to the man's world of the NHL playoffs moment.
1: Yeah, I I think it doesn't even matter who we talk about from the East anymore. It's it's going to be Florida coming out of there. It, it doesn't matter who they play after. This I think Carolina Toronto will give them series. a series
0: though, because Carolina is perpetually overlooked, and they can they can go in the dirt. They can they can fight in the mud with them. So I, I would say that okay. I, I would prefer Florida in that one, but. I'm like, I, write Carolina off at your own peril because we, I will just know.
1: because when they wear that H on their uniform, oh, you which they, I, that's wear. what this
0: is all about. They're I, out, they're out They're outie, outy 5,000. I just heard so much from not just Ranger fans, but also obviously devil fans. When that series was going into game six and seven, Oh, uh, we got Carolina. Like both sides were in agreement. Like, Oh, this is way harder than Carolina. And I'm like, okay, you know how, you know, it's like Toronto saying we want Florida. Just don't really yeah. get a good vibe when you do that.
1: Yeah, here you go. And as far as like coming out of the West, you know, I, I really want to see, I really want to see the crack come out of there. But um, if we're being realistic, optimistic, I'm hoping for Edmonton, Edmonton, Florida. I would take in the final because one, if Edmonton makes it, I, I win some dough. So That's I'll good. take that.
0: Well, oh, here we'll talk about the West now. Joe Corzali on the money, Mitch Effect, um, more competitive than the East at least right now. Um, you're which doesn't make any sense going into the playoffs. We were like, oh, this is the East. This is the East year, and then they just collapse. You can't do narratives like you can in other sports with hockey. It's why it's great. You never know what's going to happen. It is very wide it's open, fair. though. Dallas, Seattle—that series uh, is now tied two to two. Wild series. The two games in Seattle were just completely absurd. You had two blowouts going in opposite directions. I know Seattle made it a little close late last night, but here's one thing I will say: the Seattle Kraken are built with like where they say, like four second line talent. Like, it's really remarkable how much depth they have. They might not have, you know, that all-world first-line guy, but they are built deep. The thing with Dallas, though, man, is after every loss, I think Ottinger's the best goalie in the NHL. I would say he has that title now after, uh, you know, after uh, Vasilevsky dipped a little bit this year. After a loss, that guy is just money. Like, look at the numbers. Like, he is just lights out after they lose. So I wonder if we're just going to keep going back and forth until this goes to seven games.
1: I think that's definitely possible. But the Kraken are just continuing to, you know, go against the odds and make it as far as they have. So, like, any any win, any distance they go, I I mean, they're already here. They're already, you know, made it this far is progress. So I don't think anybody would be upset if they didn't make it any farther. But if they do, it's just going to be remarkable because, like you said, they're kind of just built, like, Second liners throughout, maybe some some third guys, but um, and they and they lost their top goal scorer from the year from yeah. that dirty hit by McCarr in the first round. Yeah. He scored forty goals, yeah. and the fact that they're still potting seven in a game is yeah. pretty insane. Yeah, um, and against Ottinger of all people, but yeah. Dallas is a Dallas is a good team, man. They got. Dudes that can do it all, and Cavalcante so came back and he mm. had that. Wait, he, he scored four goals in he that one game, four. or was it? We had two yeah, four. goal all
0: four. We had two four goal scorers and him and Dreisaitl, and they both lost the game, which is just insane. Yeah, but, that was on the same night too, yeah. wasn't it? Or was it the next, uh, yeah. next night? Yeah. Uh, next night, I think. But still, like right back to back, and it's it, both these teams have, are very resilient. They lose, you know, big, and then they come back, and you know, Dallas is funny because Ben scored last night you know you saw max Domi stepping up. Robertson's looked a little off if he's injured or something. And then I got to give a shout out to Miro Haskinen, who took a puck off the face a game ago. Can't, walked into the arena with the biggest scar I think I've seen in a long time and then played 31 minutes in a in a, in a Norris level effort. That guy is just tough as nails.
1: Yeah, he's you you've always been high on him. I always take him in fantasy too because he's great. But <laughs> the Kraken also got to give a shout out to Grubauer because Throughout the year, mm-hmm. you, you were like, "Okay, uh, Martin Jones," and then Martin Jones was like, "I'm Martin Jones." So Grubauer just kind of comes yeah. back in here, and he's been having a great playoffs. Um, obviously, you know, giving up too many goals last night, and but um, yeah, I don't know, man. It'd be cool to see if they advance, but I'm I'm thinking Edmonton, Florida yeah. would would do some good. So you're thinking Edmonton, unless Toronto can come back.
0: Yeah, Has that, any team well, ever come back, to Rio? Has yeah. any team oh, ever. Yeah. It, Toronto, oh, yeah. It's happened in hockey more than the other sports. It's happened, I think, four times in hockey. Most notably, the 2014 cover years for this one. The 2014 LA Kings were down 3 0 in the first round, won that yeah, series, okay. won the cup. Uh, the Bruins got you know, the Flyers came back on the Bruins in 2010, and uh, the Leafs all the way back in 1942 was the other one. But I think there might be one more old time team in there. But it has happened. It's not going to happen in this series, though. <laughs>
1: We just don't need another Florida team in a final. So if Toronto comes back and wins that series and we get an all-Canada final, I'd be okay with that. Well, Edmonton's got work to do, man,
0: because Edmonton's problem right now, I mean, this is a tough matchup for them. Uh, Five on five, I think they're getting kind of dominated a little bit here. Edmonton's power play is the best that I've ever seen, I think, given how just lethal they are. But when they're, I mean, when they have to kill penalties, and when they're five on five, Vegas is tough, man. They've got Eichel rolling. They've got, they've got obviously Mark Stone doing his thing. I mean, this is a team that's built for success too. And the question was goaltending: can they keep up? But I never thought I'd see this. This is this might be the most shocking thing to me: is that Vegas is fine saying we can actually outscore you guys. We just won't take penalties because that's the thing with the Oilers: like if you take penalties, you're done. Like you're, you're absolutely done with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Yeah. That's the fact. I mean, look at Edmonton's problems, right? Like, you know, they haven't. I actually think Nugent Hopkins, who had a great year, he's obviously underperforming, no goals in this series. But the biggest thing, too, is that they've gotten the secondary scoring, but their goaltending has let them down. They don't know whether to play Skinner or Campbell. And defensively, Joe, I mean, they, they need better. They, they need better, and they're not getting it. This has kind of been
1: what they've shown us all year, though kind of going back and forth with Skinner. They're just trying to, Skinner and Campbell, trying to play the hot goalie and not having great defense. But they, they're tough. They're a tough team.
0: Oh, they're going they to be- come out tonight. They're going to come out tonight buzzing. Like, first period, take the Oilers, take the over, take the first period over. We've seen this before. They have to win this yeah. game. They can't go down 3-1 back to Vegas. The series will be over then. I think they come out on fire. McDavid's going to be <laughs> like a, like a man-possessed. He's just too fast. The other like thing it's just is, for them, fair to be that fast.
1: The other thing for them is they need to get more involvement from their second and third lines. I mean, you look at like Hyman. I don't remember if they have him on the top or not, but like the dude scored thirty six goals this year. So you got you know, he's only got two in the playoffs. And like you said, Nugent Hopkins, he's got none.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So they need to get a little more involvement out of the non Drysaddle McDavid because Drysaddle's got thirteen. So they, they need a little bit more out of everyone and nurse you know nurse hasn't done much for them in this in this playoffs here so they just got a couple of dudes that got to step it up I, I'm confident that they'll be able to okay
0: confident I think that I think like not just because of where the series are but it would not surprise me at any stage now in the West if any one of these four teams made the cup it wouldn't yeah. surprise me and wouldn't surprise that, me the way except
1: I would be surprised by the Kraken. I I would. See,
0: they can do it, man. I guess you're saying they're going to be an underdog if they make Dallas is tough to even get through, but if you get through, they would be an underdog versus either Vegas or Edmonton. But yeah, maybe that would be yeah that would be the fourth team, but they could do it. They're only a couple games away from you know conference final, and then anything can happen. Got Vegas, say, Vegas, man, Seattle conference final, two expansion teams. I know. I'm taking my <laughs> path, and I'm going to every game. Do it definitely do it uh Joe Crisalli, uh we can wrap with this i don't have a lot of hoops takes on my plate but as i was telling you before i think i'm a de facto nuggets fan based on who's left let's go i'll break it down that's how for, we do it i'll break it down for the simple for the simple folks out there like myself i consider myself one of them it's just very logical in steps here uh don't want the lakers to win don't want philly or boston to win um Given the fact that, you know, they've had some opportunities in the past. And I think it's time for some new blood here, but <laughs> I don't want that new blood to be Phoenix. The Knicks are pretty much done anyway, so I guess I'm a in a Golden States won a bunch, so I guess I'm a Denver guy now.
1: Hell yeah, buddy. <sighs> We're in this.
0: I don't understand the dislike you. for and I don't understand the dislike for Jokic. Like what why if, why do people dislike this guy? People dislike him because his play is so
1: unorthodox and you watch him like chuck up these ridiculous shots and they go in and it's like, who does this guy think he is shooting this ball? But it just goes in. Mm -hmm. Even KD said it. He was like in that last game when uh, he fouled or two games ago, he fouled Jokic on this like crazy spin around flip up shot. And it just went right in. And Durant was like, that's why he's the MVP man. People (laughs) don't shoot a ball like this and it, it goes in, but he shoots it and it goes in. But you know, Nuggets going up two-zip. They had the crowd chanting Nuggets in four, which not, I have a bunch of Suns fan friends, and I give them crap about this because I went to those, you know, we played them, was it last year, two years ago, in uh, in the playoffs, and I went to Denver with a bunch of Suns fans and watched the Nuggets get swept. And now this Nuggets team is better than this Suns team. Well, yeah, Murray, and,
0: Murray's back and healthy is the big thing, right? And And... Don't you, don't you, they're feel getting, like... they're deeper. It's, Murray
1: is back and playing and they're deeper. They have guys that can hit the shot that they didn't have previous years. Like KCP, I think he was like top three. He might've even been number one at three point percentage. Michael Porter jr. Not afraid to shoot the three. They got good rookies that make hustle plays. Christian Brown's been awesome, you know, and Murray makes some insane shots and he's ridiculously good in the post. So if he takes the guard down in the post with him, he's really, really good at hitting that fade or pump fake in and he plays that two man game with Jokic where if they can collapse the defense into the paint, everyone's open on the wing, or one of them splits open if the defense trails out onto one of the three point shooters and they kinda are able to make their way. The only the only thing that's gonna stop them from beating the Suns is Devin Booker because that first game, the first two games when they played... He was shooting
0: Sun, like 80%. Like I, I was looking at that. I'm like, the guy was just not missing.
1: Stopping Devin Booker is where the Nuggets have been living. They've been trying to live at least the first couple of games. Um, the last two in Phoenix, they, they couldn't stop him. They couldn't stop him. They couldn't stop Durant. Jokic was getting everything he needed. I mean, dropping 50 points in a playoff game is pretty ridiculous, but... That was the Suns' game plan. Let Jokic do what Jokic does, let him get his, but keep him from passing. The Nuggets, when Jokic has more than 10 assists in a game, they have a pretty solid win advantage. So if he's able to kind of play point but also get his open shots and open looks, the Nuggets are pretty unbeatable. And especially if Murray is doing what Murray's doing, you know, the Nuggets are are legit. I think we're looking at a Nuggets Sixers a Nuggets oh. Sixers final which if that happens no matter what I am going to win some money. <laughs> but <laughs> the Nuggets obviously I'm all in on the Nuggets. So I'm stoked to it's been forever. They always, you know, let me down, but I'm I'm all in, my heart's all in on it. So I'm ready. I'm ready for that first championship.
0: I'm excited, man. I think that if it's if it's Nuggets, Sixers, or you know maybe the Heat are going to make their move in there. I mean, Lakers look like they're going to be a, a a force as well. Unfortunately, but
1: no, you gotta It's not. The Lakers are done, man. That, that's all, all everything that you've seen the last couple games. I I think it's a farce. I think the Warriors come through that series. I don't care they're down one three. No. Okay. I think Warriors and seven in that one. Heat wow. over Knicks. For sure, uh, Knicks have no fight left in them. The Warriors and the Lakers, you know, I'm not worried about the Nuggets playing either of those teams because they crush them. They crush them both in the in the regular mm-hmm. season, and they they match up way too good against both of them. So the Suns are the toughest team I think that the Nuggets have to get through, and I'm that's kind of proven right now. But oh, yeah, I, I'm thinking I'm thinking Nuggets Warriors. Mm. And I'm thinking Heat, Sixers, and we're looking at Nuggets, Sixers.
0: Wow, man. I have to see how this one shakes out. But, Joe, um, I am pulling for the Nuggets this year. I want to see Jokic rack up the triple-doubles. We'll see what happens uh, in game six. And if there is a potential game seven, we know how nerve-wracking that could be. But, uh, Joe, man, always a blast. Always a blast having you on here. Thanks for coming on the Money Mitch Effect. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. Joe Crisali, that was him on the Money Mitch Effect. If you like this episode, we're on all your podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, and Google, as well as the other platforms that are at your disposal. Follow me on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21 and check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page for more. We'll be back next week to talk more hockey, more NBA action, maybe even some baseball and some tennis in there, but stay tuned for that. For Joe Crisali, I'm Mitch Michaels, as well as the Money Mitch Effect. Thank you for listening, and keep enjoying sports.